Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. Well, today we are resuming our study in the book of Romans. We're going to read chapters 2 and 3 today. Now, there's kind of a couple of themes going on in these two chapters. Uh, the first chapter, it's really Paul dealing with the Jews and dealing with hypocrisy. Um, and you'll see that really strongly in his words when it, about the hypocrisy, about judging another person for something that you yourself do, right? And he's going to remind them that, uh, that you're not going to find justification by observing the law of Moses. And you're in you know your your confidence that you're putting in that is in vain. And then in chapter three, he's gonna just deal with the fact that actually it's you know, all of mankind are sinners. And neither the Jew or the Gentile can be justified by their own deeds, by the works that they do. The justification, which just as you never sinned, is what the justification is. That's the free grace of God through faith in the righteousness of Christ. And yet, that still doesn't mean that the law itself is nullified or done away with. What we're dealing with here is justification. The law is not done away with. It's just that you will not find salvation and justification through observing the law. Because we all fall short. The law shows us that we are actually unable to observe it. And that we are all sinners in desperate need of a Savior. And the law is, is the trainer. It, it shows us this every day. It reveal, it's a mirror for us to look into and see we, we are not good enough on our own. We need to trust in the one who was righteous, the one who did observe the law perfectly. Jesus, our Messiah. And so I think that's really the crutch of what Paul is trying to get to. He's, he's reminding us that we're all sinners, Gentiles, Gentiles and Jews alike, and he's warning the Jews against hypocrisy and putting too much faith in their own deeds and not in the shed blood of Jesus. So with that backdrop, let's read what the Word of God has to say for us today, and I just pray in the powerful name of Jesus that it would pierce hearts and it would cause you to draw nearer to God and strengthen you in your faith and in your walk. Let's begin. Chapter 2 and 3 from the book of Romans. Chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, well, please note, sorry to interrupt already, it's a continuation. If you remember last week, we did chapter 1, and Paul was dealing with just the apostasy, Right? of how people have become, they've abandoned 
the natural use of a woman and burn men are burning in their lust for one another and they refuse to retain God in their knowledge and they're filled with all these evil things like unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, envy, murder, strife, they're haters of God, they're arrogant, all of that stuff and then this is continuing that conversation. So again, let me start over. Chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, you have no excuse. Every one of you who passes judgment, for in that which you judge another, you condemn yourselves. For you who judge practice the same things. Please note, is he saying that it's wrong for a believer to make judgments? Because that's what they try to teach us a lot, don't they? And that's what a lot of people believe. You'll often hear, don't judge, don't judge. You know, let me do my evil thing, don't judge me. The Bible says don't judge, lest you be judged. It's not saying you're not allowed to observe and see fruit and make a judgment. It's saying don't be a hypocrite. In other words, don't judge your brother or your sister for the very thing that you know you do yourself. For the very thing you know you struggle with yourself. Because the measure in which you judge them for that thing that you also do, you will be judged. That's what, it's, that's what the scriptures are getting at. So just stop it with this, don't judge me. I can do what I want stuff. Continuing on. We've made it through one verse. Verse 2. And we know that the judgment of God rightly falls upon those who practice such things. But do you suppose this, O oh man... When you pass judgment on those who practice such things and do the same yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? But because of your stubbornness and unrepented heart, you are storing up wrath for yourselves in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render each person according to his deeds. To those who, by perseverance in doing good, seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life, but to those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, wrath, and indignation. There will be tribulation and distress for every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first, and also of the Greek. But glory and honor and peace to everyone who does good, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for there is no partiality with God. So please note, actions matter, don't they? What's God going to render judgment according to? Who will render to each person according to his deeds. To the Jew first if he's doing good, and then to the Greek, and to the Jew first if he's doing bad, and then to the Greek. But there's no partiality with God. In other words, it doesn't matter what your DNA is. You can go get the little test and, and see where your heritage comes from. It doesn't matter. Either you are saved through the shed blood of Christ, or you're not. It does not matter what your DNA is, or what your skin color is. None of that matters. The only thing God's looking for is, are you covered in the blood? 
continuing on. For all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law, and all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearer of the law who are just before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. Again, Paul's saying, just because you don't be a hearer, be a doer. Remember what James said? If you go to James, book of James, go to verse 22. But prove yourselves doers of the word and not just hearers who deceive themselves. See, a lot of people, they're fooling themselves. They think, they, they think they're doing well because they know the words. Now, you actually have to practice them. James goes on to say, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he was like a man who looks his natural face in a mirror. But for once he has looked at himself, he's gone away, and he immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. So it's like you look in a mirror, see yourself, and then as soon as you look away, you've forgotten what you look like. That's how silly it is to be a hearer of the word and not do it. Paul's saying the same thing. Verse 14. For when Gentiles do not have the law, do instinctively the things of the law, these not having the law are a law unto themselves, and that they show the work of the law written in their hearts their conscience, bearing witness, and their thoughts, alternately accusing or else defending them. On the day when, according to my gospel, God will judge the secrets of men through Christ Jesus. When it says secrets of men, what's, what, what does it mean when God's going to judge the secrets of men? It's really referring to the motives behind their actions. Like, did you do good because you honor God or was there selfish ambition? Like, what was your motives for all these things that you've done? Remember, Christ looks at the heart. If you, you, you don't say, if you hate your brother, you're a murderer, right? Because what's in your heart is murder. Continuing on, I know that these words are challenging. Verse 17, But if you bear the name Jew and rely upon the law and boast in God and know his will and approve the things that are essential being instructed out of the law and are confident that you yourselves are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in the darkness, a corrector of the foolish and a teacher of the immature having the law, the embodiment of knowledge and of truth, you therefore who teach Another, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that one shall not steal, do you steal? You who say that you one should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law through your breaking the law, you dishonor God. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, just as it is written. Again, please note, what is Paul getting at? He's getting at hypocrisy. He's saying, you who judge people who commit adultery, are you committing adultery? Like, are you doing these things? Like, you're preaching the law and teaching it and, and getting all high and mighty about it, but what are you actually doing in your personal life? 
beware of hypocrisy. Verse 25, for indeed, circumcision is of value if you practice the law, but if you are a transgressor of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. So if the uncircumcised man keeps the requirements of the law, will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? And he who is physically uncircumcised, if he keeps the law, will he not judge you who through having the letter of the law and circumcision are a transgressor of the law? What he's getting at is putting value in being Jewish is no longer valuable. Like, do you think that you're justified because you're circumcised and you have the law yet you're on yet you don't keep the law what about a guy down the road who has never been circumcised he's not a jew but he obeys the law so which one of you would be considered the circumcised that's that's the question the argument that he's putting forth for he is not a jew who is the one outwardly nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh but he is a jew who is one inwardly and circumcision is that which is of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter. And his praise is not from men, but from God. Chapter 3 Then what advantage has the Jew? Or what is the benefit of circumcision? Great in every respect. First of all, that they were entrusted with the oracles of God. What then, if some did not believe their unbelief, will not nullify the faithfulness of God, will it? May it never be. Rather, let God be found true through every man be found a liar, as it is written. That you may be justified in your words and prevail when you are judged. But... If our unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say? The God who inflicts wrath is not unrighteous, is he? I'm, I'm speaking in human terms. May it never be, for otherwise, how will God judge the world? But if through my lie the truth of God abounded to his glory, why am I also still being judged as a sinner? And why not say, as we are slanderous reported and as some claim that we say, let us do evil that good may come. Their condemnation is just. What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have already charged that both Jew and Greeks are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside together. They have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues they keep deceiving. The poison of asps, apps is under their lips whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their paths. and the paths of peace they have not known, there is no fear of God before their eyes. Now, we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be closed and all the world may become accountable to God. Because by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for through the law comes the knowledge of sin. 
So please nope. I mean, it's very clear. These things should not be difficult. There's a lot of arguments, and it's really just with amongst online. It's not really been an argument in the church ever, and really isn't still, but there's some sects of Christianity that have d developed over the years, and they're arguing over the law and all these things. Look, Paul says, look, the law reveals to us that we're sinners. That's what it's doing. Right? I mean, it's because of the law that the world is condemned and accountable to God. And through the law, even though we can't be justified by observing it, because we're all sinners and there's not a single good person who's ever lived apart from Christ, we're all fallen short, we're all guilty, we're all born headed for hell. The, and the law reveals this to us. But we can't be justified by it. That's what he's saying. Verse 21. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe. There is no distinction. For all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly as a prohibition in His blood through faith. This was to demonstrate His righteousness because in the forbearance of God, He passed over the sins previously committed. For the demonstration, I say, of His righteousness at the present time, so that he will be just and the justifier of those who has faith in Jesus. He's saying it doesn't matter. He's really trying to get this through to the Jewish mind, to the Jewish listener in these two chapters. Look, he says, it's not that being being a Jew was was completely worthless. I mean, he's saying, after all, they're great in every respect, and they, they were the people who were entrusted with the word, right? The oracles of God. But in matters of salvation, God has no partiality because every person has fallen short. Every person has sinned. So there's no advantage in that respect whether or not you're Jew or not it's only about the redemption so faith through the redemption which is Christ Jesus in his blood through faith that's how you become justified that's how you become right before God verse 27 because of that where then is the boasting? It is exalted. By what kind of law of works? No, but by a law of faith. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Or is God the God of the Jews only? See, it's very clear. It's very clear the point Paul is trying to make. Is he not the God of the Gentiles also? Yes, of the Gentiles also, since indeed God who 
will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith is one. And then the last verse. Just so we don't get it twisted, right? Do we then nullify the law through faith? In other words, do we just make the law of no effect meaningless? May it never be. On the contrary, we establish the law. That is chapter 2 and 3. I hope that I've done the scriptures justice. Hopefully the teaching was clear and not confusing. And hopefully it's piercing hearts and just really speaking to you this morning. I, I pray before I do this study that God would use me and anoint me so that I could teach this for the sake of those who listen, who are willing to listen, and not for my own sake. And I hope that's been the case this morning. Thank you for listening. Thank you for continuing to support the podcast and uh, tune in every week and listen to me stumble through the Bible. Uh, I just pray that you're being blessed. And yeah, that's all I have for you this morning. Peace and grace be with you all. And until next time, God bless.